This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. We have so much to be thankful for. Amen? God is doing a great work at Crossroads. Through faith, he's going to move us forward by faith, believing that greater things are going to come our way. Uh, When we're faithful, when we're diligent, when we give him our best, when we give him our all, he will richly bless us. Amen? As we seek him, We will find him. His word says, those who come thirsty, all, everyone who comes thirsty, uh, when we come seeking, when we come thirsty, he will surely find us and we will surely find him. Now, if you're here today and you are a seeker or you're taking this journey with us or maybe possibly you're a spy. Huh? What? Well, you see, Not everyone here today is going to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, all right? And so not all the people that come into this house are thirsty for the things of of God. They're not looking to find Christ. We hope that they are, and we hope that you are coming. We hope that you take this journey of faith with us this morning because God loves you, amen? He really loves you, and he has an open-door policy for you. He knocks. He knocks. And many are going to reject the truth of Jesus Christ and the truth of the kingdom of God. That's just the way it is. But whatever reason you are here today, we are glad that you are here and we are believing by faith that God's going to do something through us and through you. He has a plan. He has a purpose for your life. I believe that. When we seek God by faith, He will be found. And so I've entitled this message this morning, The Journey to Finding God. The Journey to Finding God. I hope you take this journey with us, and in the end, you'll find God, you'll find joy, and you'll find the transformed life through Jesus Christ. Amen. Please stand with me for the reading of God's Word. We're going to be in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55. Isaiah 55, we'll be looking at Verses 6 through 11, Isaiah 55, verse 6 through 11. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways My ways, declares the Lord. And as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seeds for the sower and bread for the eater. Verse 11. So is my word that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Lord, may we diligently seek your face, God. And when we do this and we come thirsty, we will find you, Lord. We love you this morning, Lord. We're a church that wants to put you first and give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. We thank you for this word. Bless it today, Lord God. Open our eyes and our ears to 
to hear and to see and to understand you more, Lord God. Many blessings on this church and in this group, Lord. Again, in Jesus' name, amen. Before you're seated, before you're seated, turn around, to take two people, take this journey of faith with me and smile and enjoy the rest of the service. Amen. You see, we can get so stuck in protocol that we just go on. And throughout, throughout the services and throughout the stuff, we're going to mix it up and shake it up. Sometimes break some tradition and sometimes form new tradition and sometimes keep our tradition. Now, I'm not sure how many people like taking a, a hike or, or following maps or traveling uh, when they take a trip. But when you go on a journey, you usually have a starting point and a finishing point, right? Uh, an end result, a final destination, a true north. You have a compass and you have some guide or some GPS technology that will navigate your way where you need to go. And typically, if you follow the signs, if you follow the maps, if you follow these, the technology that you have in, in your phone, you're going to arrive, God willing, at your final destination. And this passage of Scripture, I believe, is sort of a roadmap. It's, it's taking you in a certain direction and finding God and understanding his ways. Um, this is what I call the Bible GPS, God pointing system. All right. And so the Bible is pointing us to God. It's pointing in the Old Testament and the New Testament. It points to the God of creation, the Messiah to come and the perfect one who came, uh, Jesus Christ, who, who, who came and he died on the cross and rose again on the third day so that we could have life and so that we can live. And sin, we know, separates us from God, and we all have sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God, but we know that God came. He was, and he will be, and he is the perfect Lamb of God. He is the begotten Son of God, and now he's seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. And over the next couple of weeks, as we go forward, we'll be talking about intercession, and we'll be talking about prayer warrior, and the prayer warriors and what intercession is, and what it is to intercede on behalf of people, and on behalf of the church, and behalf of your community. But in this chapter right now of Isaiah, I believe it's signs and pointing us to God. Verse 6, seek the Lord while he might be found. Call on him while he is near. So on, from the onset, we learned that the Lord might not always be found. And we see that there's times when it might seem like he's at a distance. And so this should create a sense of urgency on our hearts to seek him and search for him and look for him uh, and find him while he can be found. Uh, many people take this for granted. Uh, they say things like, when I get older, I will search for him. I will, I will follow him then. I will follow him when I go to college, I, after I have my kids and after I settle down, I, I will look for him then and I will, I, will, I, will, I will accept him then. Or maybe after my career, uh, I want to I have my career first. I want to make money first. I, I want to do all these things first. I want to travel first. I, I, and then, I, then, I, then it, what happens is, oh, well, I need to prepare for retirement and, and I need to now uh, take care of my grandchildren. I need to do all these things. And I'm sure you have a list of your own on why you hide from God or why you stop searching for God. And maybe you're enjoying 
sin for a little while. Sin is pleasurable for a season, the Bible says, right? Maybe you enjoy hanging out and doing things that you ought not to do. Now, I'm not suggesting that hanging out with your friends is, is wrong or going to a party uh, is wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm talking more about taking illegal drugs or, or drunkenness or doing things that are sinful or doing things that are against godly principles. This is what I'm talking about. And so we seek him while he may be found. And he can be found, and he can be found here today in this church and in this place. Amen? And when you find him, when you search for him, when you look for him, when you diligently seek him, he will be found. And so he can be found today. Hallelujah. By faith. Now you might say, I, I, I have time. I have plenty of time. Well, tomorrow is not promised. Today is not even promised. But tomorrow is definitely not promised either. And maybe you're thinking, what, what kind of game is this? Uh, hide and seek? Is he playing a game with us? Uh, no, God is actually not hiding uh, from us in this sense. And it's not a game that he's playing with us either. He's not hiding from me. He's not hiding from you. You need, you need to understand this, but our heart is not always searching. Our heart is not always looking to his words and to his ways. Our heart is not always seeking after God and after the things of, of God. And so therefore, he's, he's not there for you. You don't, you don't seem to find him because you gave up on your search. And so when we have an opportunity to hear the words of God, um, and in fact, it's a gift of God, that when you have an opportunity to hear these words and hear the preaching, the proclamation of the, the gospel, the good news, it's, it's a gift. Embrace that gift. Hold on to that gift. Run to it. Receive it. It's a free gift from God. Um, he is near. He is here. And he will change your life. So call upon him while he is near. While your heart senses the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Because tomorrow... And long life is surely not guaranteed. It is not promised to you, long life. But eternity, eternity with God is promised for those that love him, for those that embrace him, for those that followed his way and found him and seek after him. So call upon the name of the Lord while you can, while he is near. Amen? Verse 7, let the wicked forsake his ways and the evil man his thoughts. Thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will freely pardon. Now, who are the wicked here? The wicked, I believe, are those who gave up on God. They stopped searching for God. Uh, the wicked are those who reject the promises of God. They choose to deny the power of the resurrection of God. The wicked are those people who no longer strive after God no longer choose to thirst for him, no longer seeking, no longer looking. In verse 1 and three, th 1 through 3 of chapter 55 of this same chapter, it says, come all who are thirsty. And it talks about come to the water, come eat, come drink, come buy. But what is he saying? He's talking who are the poor and have no money and come without cost and buy. In other words, I believe we're actually all poor. Every one of us are poor. Every one of us, it's, it's impossible for us to buy our own salvation. We cannot work for our salvation. Um, what God is offering us 
no man, no woman, no child can purchase. No wallet, no 401k, no IRA. Uh, nothing is large enough. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough resources. It's impossible. You're not good enough. You're not wise enough. You're not intelligent enough. You cannot purchase this free gift from God. There is nothing that you can do uh, that, that for your sin to be pardoned other than through the blood of the Lamb. There's nothing that we can do. God purchased it all. Jesus Christ purchased it all, and he wants to give it to us. So come, all who are thirsty. Uh, listen up, all who are thirsty. It says, eat what is good. And so it's talking about discernment. Discern what is good. So it's not anything that you want. It's not anything that's going to satisfy your appetite. All right? It's just not anything that's good. You want, you want what is good. Uh, and, and, and only the things of God is truly going to satisfy your heart. And so eat what is good and delight in these riches that God has for you. This abundance, this blessing, it says, I have for you. Give ear to what I'm saying and come to me uh, because not all listen, not all come, not all thirst. And hear what I say and then respond to the Lord so that your soul uh, may be filled so that your soul may be revitalized and that you would live and you will thirst after God. Repent and turn from your sins. Why do you spend money and work for things that will truly not satisfy? And we do this all the time. You don't bring your money and your wealth and your good deeds to God because, because you cannot purchase salvation. Um, it's no good at the foot of the cross. That money is no good at the foot of the cross. Jesus paid it all on the cross for you, for me, for us. Come as you are. Come as you are. Come broken, come bruised, come by faith, and come believing. By faith you have access to Jesus Christ. By faith you have access to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he will make an everlasting covenant with you. And it says, my faithful love promised to David. God's promises are true. He never quit on David. He never gave up on David. He never stopped showing him mercy. And he will not stop loving you. And we can rely on God. And we can rely on God's words. Let the wicked forsake his ways. Let the wicked repent. Let the wicked turn from their sins and turn to the Lord. You see, God wants to restore. God wants to heal you. God wants to touch you. God wants a relationship with you this morning. He wants to renew your mind. He wants to restore your broken hearts. He wants to refresh you this morning. He wants you to hear his words today, not somewhere far away. He wants you to hear these words today, repent, respond in prayer and in faith and seek him. And there's obedience involved in this process. It's not just hearing, but there's an obedience. Verse 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heaven, heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Don't try to hold and pull God down to the earthly standards that we're living by. Don't do that. Uh, don't try to make him mortal like we are mortal. His ways are higher. His ways are 
grander. He is bigger than us. He sees all things. He knows all things. He, he, we, we can't make him earthly and, and mortal like us. Uh, he was before time, and we are, and, and, and are kind of part of time. He, he is beyond time. He is bigger uh, than time. So we should not try to limit him in this world or in this place. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. He's the creator of uh, mankind. He is mightier than any army ever made on planet earth, stronger than the strongest steel and higher than any wall or any strong tower. He is God. Uh, His ways are right. His ways are perfect. He is all-knowing. He is all-knowledgeable. Hallelujah for that. It's not our ways. It's his ways Uh, because man is corruptible. Man is sinful. Man makes mistakes. His ways are perfect. Our ways are imperfect. God is always just. God is always right. God always shows uh, mercy at the right times. We are finite. He is infinite. And so this should not discourage you today. This should encourage you uh, today to take this journey of faith with us and take this journey of faith with your brothers and sisters all around the world. There are Christians just like us that are following this truth and following these precepts, and yet we feel so alone, we feel so broken, that we feel that, like, I can't do this thing. But God says you can, and by faith you will. If you seek me, you will find me. His ways are greater than our ways, higher than our ways. Trust him with your today and trust him with your tomorrow. Verse 10 through 11. As the rain and the snow comes down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it a bud and flourish so that it yields seeds for the sower and bread for the water. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. I love this passage. It's teaching us about life cycles, uh, life cycles that are happening on earth. I like that. Uh, and it compares it to uh, his ways and his, his words. So we have a comparison here to his ways and his words. The rain comes. The snow comes. We know that God has given us both. Uh, they have purpose and they have a plan. And it's going to accomplish on the earth what God has set it out to do. We know their cycles and we trust these cycles. And they, and they start again and they rotate and they happen over and over again. It, it, it works. And, and, the, and the purpose works, and it's going to be a, a accomplished, and we can rely on it just like God wants us to rely on it. It will water the earth, making a bud and flourish. It will help us. It will help the sower. It will help the eater. In other words, it's going to yield a crop to the farmer. It allows you to eat. It allows you to gain strength. This is a circle of life. Now, Grandma Hankel, my grandmother, Hankel is, is passed for a long time. She said the snow was the man's, was the man's fertilizer, a man's poor man's fertilizer. And that's what she would always tell me. She said the snow would come down and cover the ground. Now, I'm not a farmer. I, I've made it, I, I was able to plant and have some tomatoes and zucchinis and stuff like that. And uh, out here, when I hit New Jersey, I just don't have the same sun that I did in Brooklyn. And the sun is good out here because I see the farms, but not, not, where, not for me. Uh, not yet, but someday... Uh, I hope to to do that, but he, she says the poor man's fertilizer. And it, would, it would cover the ground, and it would and it would and it would just drop some uh, nourishments and covering, and it will help grow and water uh, the plants. Now, what what happens when there's no rain, and no snow, and and no fertilizer? And these things don't happen. Then there's no food, there's death, 
and destruction. But I believe what God's saying here, he's speaking about life, not death for us. And his words give life to the receiver, for the person who's receiving this, the person who's listening to this. And it's saying, my words, God's words will not go void. And this is going to uh, uh, affect us. You can run, you can hide, you can try to escape from these words. But I believe once you hear it, once it goes in to your, your brain, the cabeza, whatever you say it, in your brain, right, it's there. Um, and now it's going to give, give life. Uh, and, or, and, if it, and, and at a minimum, it forces you to make a decision. You're forced to make a decision. Once you hear these life-giving words uh, from the Bible, uh, you have to make a decision. You're either accepting these words as truth or you're rejecting these words. There's nothing in between. Come thirsty. Come seeking. You will drink of these words and you will be fully satisfied. Or you can run and hide in shame and in your pain. But his words give life. His words give life to the hearer who accepts them and comes thirsty. The words are going to accomplish what they were set out to do. Death comes to those who reject this word. Death comes to those who do not want to receive this life-sustaining water that comes from Jesus Christ. Death comes to those who refuse to drink from the life-giving and sustaining water that only comes from God. So who are the people that are invited to take this journey of faith? Well, I believe all of us. Um, Come, the Bible says, come. Every one of us, all of us, not just the Jew, uh, not just the poor, not just the brokenhearted, not just the rich, not just the blind or the lame, but the Jew and the Gentiles, all are welcomed. All are welcomed. All who are thirsty, come. So I believe there's some signs and requirements that we need to follow, some guides that are, that are being fulfilled here. And I believe I have six of them that I want to share with you. So number one, you must have a heart that desires to find God. For those who are taking notes, number one, you must have a desire, have a heart that desires to find God. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. So there must be a desire in your heart, a desire within yourself, which actually leads you uh, to seek him, to find him. Uh, you, you You may have heard of him. You may hear some teaching. You have been invited by someone to come to this church or take a journey. Uh, of faith. So you might have this knowledge, but it's not just about hearing. It's not just about seeing. It's not just about walking into the doors of a church. It's not just about following some traditions in a church. Uh, you must turn on your, your, your mind. You must, you must know about the knowledge uh, in your mind. That, that, that knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ needs to turn to a desire. It just can't be education. It just can't be information. It just can't be reading a book. It, 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 the knowledge has to turn to a desire, and, that, and then that actually leads to action, and that action is seeking him and drawing near to him. And when you draw near to God, he will draw near uh, to you. Amen? God woos us. God's Holy Spirit breathes. God moves in our midst, and he knocks at the door, and then we must respond. And when we respond, the door will open. He will open the door. When we make this right choice, uh, he will not force his way on us. He will not force himself upon you 
in any way. He will woo you. He will open the door. He will knock. He, he is listening and waiting for you to respond. Number two, you must thirst for him. You must thirst for him. Come, all who are thirsty. So many people are just satisfied with this world. They're not thirsting after God. They're, 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 they're satisfied with what this world has to offer them. Uh, they're not looking, and they're not thirsty, and they're not seeking. And they, they, need, they search for work. They search for drugs. They search for good times and money and wealth and success uh, more, more than, than, than God. And this is a problem. They feel that church is not important. They feel that God is not important. They feel that, um, that it's a waste of time being part of the body of Christ. They don't want to partake in a ceremony or a service or, or an altar call or things of this nature. It's a waste of time. And as we see when the summer starts coming and the weather starts turning nice um, and the beach goers are, are going to leave and be gone for the day, um, and I know kingdom work can be done at the beach, and kingdom work has to be done at the beach too. Right. Um, just when you when you do for a whole bunch of Sundays and you don't show up anymore, I wonder if you're really doing kingdom building at the beach. All right. Um, but I'm OK with the beach and I'm OK with vacation. and I'm OK hanging out with your friends. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but are we really searching God for God? Are we really looking for God? And I know my father-in-law, he walks the beach, and he just, he just prays and seeks God. And I know he has glorious moments when he does it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is when you do it, whatever you do, are you really seeking the Lord? Are you really thirsty after the things of the Lord? Is he really a priority in your life? Are you really uh, uh, moving things around in your life so that God becomes the priority, not the second priority, but the first priority. Is he top priority in your life? And this is where I go, hmm, I wonder. I wonder. Thirst after God. Desire God. Come, all who are thirsty. Matthew Henry says uh, that where God gave grace, he first gives thirsting after it. Where God gives grace, he first gives thirsting after it. So come thirsty. Come expecting. Expect his gift. Expect his grace and come by faith. Come by faith. And we will receive his grace abundantly, more than we can even imagine, more than we can even understand when we come thirsty and we come expecting to receive grace. You must come believing what he has is good. Amen? What he has is good. Come and eat and drink what is good so that your soul delights in the riches of fair. But if there's doubt, if there's fear, if there's grumbling, if there's complaining, uh, it will not taste good. It will, it, it will be bitter. It will be sour. All right? What God has prepared for you is good and satisfying. Number four, you must come empty. Our money is no good. Our wealth is no good. Um, we cannot purchase spiritual life. It's a free gift from God. Nothing that we can do, nothing that we can say. We're not capable of paying the price for ourselves. Only the shed blood of the lamb can pay this price. So we come empty. We come bruised. We come broken. We come dirty. We come hurting, right? But we should come. We come as we are. We come with open arms, right? We come with an open heart, Hallelujah. Number five, 
You must come believing his words and his promises are true and will not go void. You must come believing his words and promises are true and they will not go void. He has a word and a purpose for us. He has a plan for us. You are wonderfully and beautifully created. I don't know what you've been taught in the past. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. And you are made perfect. You might not feel perfect, but you have been made and crafted for a season that only you can reach. And only you can reach. And only you can reach. Amen? So when we don't do our part, I cannot reach the people that you can reach. I don't, might not go to the same store. I might not have the same family. I might not be going to the same school. You have a job. You have an obligation. You, if you're a believer, you're a leader, do something significant for the kingdom of God. Amen? You must believe his words and his promises are true and will not go void. Verse 11, my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And in Hebrews chapter 1, it says, in the past, Hebrews 1, in the past, um, God spoke to his forefathers, and many times and in various ways. He spoke through his son, Jesus Christ. And this phrase, my word, or the word of the Lord, or the word of God, th- th- this phrase refers to so many different things. Um, and let me just stay here for a little bit. This word, God's word, the word of the Lord, right? This is God communicating with us. And so I want to go over a couple of ways he's communicating with us through these things, right? Sometimes it's direct and sometimes it's audible. God spoke to Adam and Eve in the garden. God spoke to Abraham and Isaac and and Jacob. God spoke directly to them. He spoke audibly uh, to them. He spoke audibly to Moses. God also spoke through the prophets, He spoke to the prophets. And they would often say, this is what the Lord says, right? God spoke through the apostles in 1 Thessalonians 2.13. When you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it. Not as the word of men, but how it actually is the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. God spoke through his son, Jesus Christ. In fact, everything that Jesus said, I believe, is the word of God. Amen? Because he is deity. He is God. And many people and many religions around the world think this, what I just said, is blasphemy. That he's the son of God. Because they don't understand this concept and they reject this concept of God loving us so much that he sends his son uh, to earth to die for us. So in in their religion, in their faith, saying that Jesus Christ is the Son of God is blasphemy to them. They misunderstand. He's 100% God. He's 100% man. I always say this is a mystery, and it's a miracle. But they don't understand that he's the perfect one who came. He died for us so that we can live. They They don't understand that he is near. Their God is far. Their God is not here. Their God is not even alive. And they mock us because they don't understand and they call it blasphemy. They, they deny this wonderful truth about, about God sending his son to us. They can't, they can't get their arms around it. They don't understand it. So when we talk to them, they actually get mad and angry because it's blasphemy to them. God spoke through the Holy Spirit. 
men and women, spirit-filled leaders prophesying, speaking on behalf of God. The Bible is God's words to us. Believe it. And God still speaks through pastors and leaders and prophets today. I believe it, but it's not with the same authority of Scripture. It's not the same authority as Scripture. In other words, we're not adding to Scripture anymore. We're not doing that. But when we hear from God, you've got to be careful when you hear from God. But when you hear from God, you know it's God's words, and you share it. I believe that God is still speaking to us today. I believe that God's speaking through the prophet and the preacher today. The Holy Spirit is active in this place, as we saw today, and how, how in line the word was uh, this morning, because he didn't know what I was preaching on today. And I can say that because I know I didn't tell him what I was. The Holy Spirit is welcomed here. Have your way with us, Holy Spirit. Come here, Holy Spirit. We, we want to communicate with you, and we want to hear what you have to say to us. So when the Holy Spirit speaks, we should listen. When the Word of God is proclaimed through the giftings, we need to listen. We don't understand that. I get that some people here don't understand the giftings of the Holy Spirit. Let me just take a moment. This is not my notes, but I want you to get this this morning. Sometimes you come from another church. Sometimes you come from another uh, doctrine or teaching, and you think this is crazy talk. But God is alive. God is real. He's powerful. He can do all things. Why do you limit him in your life? Why do you think that he can't communicate with you? You have this. He's like this. I mean, I mean he wants, he, he's greater than us. I get it. But, but he, he talks to us. He communicates to us. He shares with us. When you feel that inside you and something's going on inside you, God's talking to you. Don't shut it down. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't quench his word. Don't stop him from speaking to you. He wants to use you today. Amen. The spiritual life is a wonderful life. We are body, soul, and spirit. We are body and flesh and spirit and soul. I get that. So there are things that we walk and talk in the spirit, and there's things that we walk and talk in the flesh. But the thing is, we are body, soul. So you, we try to separate it. Now, now I'm acting like a human. Now I'm acting like a churchgoer. No, this is who you are. You're a believer or you're not. You're saved or you're not. You're a Christian or you're not. You're a follower of God or you're not. And the Holy Spirit wants to do something in here. And we invite him to move like days of old. And we don't want to be a church that just remembers the past. We want to remember today. And we want to look and have a hope for the future. God's going to do amazing things through Crossroads Church. Amen? I believe it. Hallelujah. The Word of God is powerful and gives life. It's not static. It's dynamic. It's not stale. It tastes good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. The Word of God is alive and active. And when we speak, speak life. When we speak, speak life. When we read the scriptures, know that this gives life. These are promises of God, and we believe these promises are for today, and it can transform your heart and your life and who you are. Amen? There's power in the words of God to release grace, to release healing, to to release this transforming power, to give you a revelation from God, a newness in your heart, This is the Spirit of God moving in the church and moving in our midst. The Word of God is alive and active. And finally, when searching for God, when searching for God and finding God, what we're going to look at here is this last point. You must come parting with your sin. My Brooklyn comes out of me. Parting with your sin, getting rid of your sin. Uh, This is repentance. 
This is turning away from evil. You, you leave your righteousness there, and your righteousness is like filthy rags anyway, right? Uh, when we go to God and we come before God, we come humbly, we come repenting, we ask for forgiveness, but we come in, in confidence and knowing uh, that he will show us mercy, that he will forgive us, uh, forgive us for our wrong ways and our wrongdoings and our, and, our, and our wickedness and our heart. There is no sin that he's not going to forgive you when you come thirsty, when you come by faith. Peter denied him. Paul was a murderer of, of Christians. We know that. And yet both were used mightily by the Lord. And so we need to repent for our sins, right? We need to say, Lord, I'm sorry for what I'm doing, and, and, and I got this one wrong again. I'm sorry again. I did it again. But there is power in the name of the Lord. And the demons run and shake when they hear the name of Jesus. And we need to start rebuking the name uh, of the demon in the name of Jesus. Because I'm not going to say everything is a demon. But I will tell you this. The devil doesn't want you to pray. The devil doesn't want you to hold on to these scriptures. The devil doesn't want you to go after the things of God. Amen? And so we need to remember this and know this in our heart and our core. There is power in the name of Jesus. And these words are alive. There's nothing so bad or depraved or so wicked that you have done that he will not forgive you if you come with the right heart, if you come seeking, if you come thirsty, if you come wanting and, and wanting and, and just saying, Lord, I want more of you. Are you willing to come? Are you willing to deny yourself of what this world has to offer you to gain eternal life? We need to lose the world to gain eternal life with God.